Hello and welcome to What Moves Us Express. Or alternatively, What Doesn't Move Us. <laughs> a daily podcast throughout this uh, disrupted season. Brought to you from sunny Brighton and... At Nine Elms in London. Hello again. Who have got on the line today? Hello. Oh, this is Deb Carson. Hello. Hi, thanks Deb. Thanks for inviting me. That's no problem. Uh, thanks for joining us on What Moves Us Express. Um, whereabouts in the country are you? Uh, I'm in Rochester, in Kent. And is that where you live? It is where I live, yeah. So I'm used so, to home working, so the so lockdown making... hasn't been quite as painful for me as perhaps for some. Right. So you're not making any non unofficial journeys and non essential journeys? Uh, no non-essential journeys, unless you count. Is the allotment essential? It is to me. Oh, God, something's ringing me, sorry. <laughs> 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 always put phone on silence when you are in a podcast environment. <laughs> no problem, keeps it real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I have, we have a list of questions for you, if that's okay. Yeah. We're going to go to. So, we've already answered a bit of the first one, but the idea of these sessions is just to give a little view into how people across the rail innovation community are responding to current COVID conditions. So let's start with who are you and what do you do? What do um, you do? Well, what do I do? That's a very good question. Um, I'm freelance, so I do quite a lot of work for the rail industry. Um, I do some work for local government on equalities and diversity and community cohesion, but mostly what I do is work for the rail um, sector. And of that rail sector work, quite a chunk of my work is for a group called the High Speed Rail Group, which is a group of um, it's a group of companies with an interest in high speed, essentially. Um, so I'm their head of operations, and so I kind of look after that group, make sure that do everything from the very boring sort of bureaucracy associated with a membership organisation right through to uh, managing their program for the year and making sure that we come in on budget and that we're meet, meeting our objectives and engaging with the right stakeholders and all that kind of thing. So quite a good, quite a varied um, role. And how do you run a membership organisation when you can't leave your house? Uh, well, we just use, um, we've just been sort of, you know, as I'm sure everyone else in the country has been doing, switching our, our engagement from face-to-face to, -face to <laughs> kind of platforms like this one so you know zoom skype uh microsoft teams etc which has had its challenges initially because obviously all of the companies all use different types of platforms and everyone's kind of trying to get to grips with having uh you know companies uh employees you know much more employees working at home than they would be used to so i think it's taken everyone a little while to kind of settle in but right. we, we've had some pretty successful meetings. We had our big strategy meeting, which we have every two months, um, which is usually face-to-face, -face, and it's usually all of our main full members, which is 22 big companies. So we usually have at least 25 people around the table, if not more. Um, so that was a big kind of uh, test for us to be able to run that meeting effectively. And we had 35 people on uh, Microsoft Teams, and it worked surprisingly well actually um we had a really good meeting so did you mute everybody else Pardon? did you mute everybody else so only you could talk uh no 
no I didn't and I have to keep remembering to mute my, you know when there was other noise going on in the background because what I'm not used to is having other people that live in my house actually here during the day because they're usually at work so okay. so there was some quite funny things like someone from I won't say who it was but we had HS2 limited on the call and part way through you could hear this little voice going daddy daddy <laughs> daddy and then they they said, look, I'm I, I, all right. Then I'm just going to have to mute myself and and go and just do, do put this bit of Lego together. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you go do that. And then I was actually on a uh, I was on a video call this morning, and I could just see this cat came across the <laughs> came across the back of someone's chair. It's quite it's actually quite entertaining. So. Uh, you get this little wow. spy hole into people's lives, which is hilarious, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. When this is all finished, we'll probably have a much better relationship with each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, you now know, like, what colour my dining room is. I know you've got some nice plants in your front room. I know that Juliana's obviously really good at putting different backgrounds on them because she's got a fake background. Obviously, I don't even know how to do that, so... <laughs> <laughs> she got the Queen Mary or something, the Queen Victoria. Queen, Queen Victoria. Victoria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to record, Deb's uh, wallpaper is blue. Yeah, it's just paint, actually. It's not wallpaper. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, keeping to our 10 minutes is um, Sorry, yes. obviously how you impact by events. You've told us that. Uh, on behalf of your industry, is what would you be saying to the government at the moment as to how your industry can help get us through this event? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's there's been lots of um, there's been lots of stuff in the media recently about obviously safe working practices and HS2 Limited and all of our contractors on the project are looking very carefully at how. Um, how they can continue on some of the sites safely. Um, there's only a few sites actually that are actively operational at the moment on the HS2 work. Um, that's that's being reviewed on a you know probably an hourly basis, but certainly on a daily basis. So um, I, I mean that's just that that's just going to be an ongoing kind of uh, watching brief, I think. Um, and there has been quite a lot of you know. I, I, anti-HS2 people kind of using that as a as another excuse to bash the project as there are often people looking to do um but I'm you know I mean I'm I'm, I'm quite confident that it, it you know HS2 is, is, a, is a big project and has got some very high bars with regard to safety and uh, and well and well-being of, of employee employees and so you know, that's um, that's a real positive to come out of such a such a big project um in the longer term i would suggest that the government they're going to be very pleased to have some of these great big infrastructure projects because let's face it it doesn't take a genius to work out that we're going to need some of these really big projects to get our economy kick-started again once all this is over because um we are going to be um you know the economy is going is, is grinding to a halt as we speak and the only way that anything is going to you know to, to kind of drag that back up is by um is by people going out and being productive and doing stuff so it's going to be a big i'd say it's going to be a big part of that yeah okay so that's probably a positive so last question is what are the positives you see having gone through this episode um i think the positives are that um 
I think for one thing, I think a lot of employ, em, employers who, who in the past have kind of considered homeworking to be something that, that to be avoided because people are, you know, um, how else can I put around. it? Taking the piss, <laughs> sitting at home, not working, you know, doing the washing, what have you. And I think actually most people are actually really quite efficient and productive at home. And I think that actually employers will realise that and actually it will make people you know enable people to work much more flexibly i mean i appreciate that some companies are very very forward thinking around that but i think there's a lot that aren't so i think that will probably change and that's a positive and hopefully if i can sort of tie that into the transport sector as that's the main sector that i work for i would really hope that that translates into much much more flexible ticketing and particularly season tickets and stuff like that for, for people going forward because i think something like this has got the potential to really change the way that people travel in the future yeah. and so um you know people are going to have to be able to buy much more flexible season tickets um and i will get this political point in um apologies but you know i hope that as well as kind of applauding the nhs on a regular basis which i thought was one a wonderful thing to do but wouldn't it be nice if as well as applauding the nhs that you know we could actually pay people properly that work in the nhs and actually appreciate that our public services in this country are fundamental to the you know how the country operates you know all those all those um whether it's whether it's the nhs whether it's the police whether it's local government who are now being asked to sort of administrate all of these hardship funds across the country they're all actually really important parts of the uk that that need to be uh need to be funded better than they are i would suggest so I hope that it just, you know, it just makes people think a bit differently about that. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. That's okay. And good luck with the uh, Zoom working. Zoom working, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to my allotment soon. So I'll uh, be digging for victory there. Send us some courgettes. I will. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Bye.